Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Are we having some technical trouble? Hold on a second. Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was a regular Sabbath in Capernaum. Judah went there every week. When he arrived, he saw his friend Levi, who was quick to greet him. And his friend Leah asked how his parents were doing. There was just a general sense of friendliness there at the synagogue. Everybody seemed to get along. And at the synagogue, they had their scribe who taught them, but he wasn't going to be leading today. Instead, there was going to be a guest teacher. And as everybody got settled, Levi whispered over to Judah that this guest teacher was some guy named Jesus from Nazareth. And Judah rolled his eyes and thought, Nazareth, really? Did anything good come out of Nazareth? But he was there, so we might as well see what the guy has. It probably wouldn't be anything good, but Judah could be polite and listen anyway. Well, soon Jesus entered. And he was the only one they didn't recognize, so obviously he had to be the new guy. Leah went right over to greet him. Now, you could always count on her to talk to everybody. She was just little Miss Social Butterfly. Jesus said hi to everybody and found his seat. And as he talked, everybody listened. Yes, they listened to their regular scribe, but there was something about Jesus that just captivated them. He had this presence about him. He had an authority that wasn't like the scribe. Something demanded that you pay attention to him. He was talking about repentance and the kingdom of God. He was calling them to believe the good news. And they had never heard anything like this before. I mean, sure, they had heard John the Baptist when he was out at the Jordan calling people to repent. And this Jesus guy did sound a little bit like John, but he was also different. Right? Levi was listening intently. And Miriam, who always talked, was speechless. But then someone rudely interrupted Jesus and said, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? The voice was strong, but it wasn't otherworldly. It sounded familiar. Everybody kind of looked around to see who said it, and Judah looked around too. But as he looked, he saw everybody 
staring at him. He was the one who said it. Miriam gave him a look that meant, what are you doing? Levi quickly was like, shh. But Judah kept going. He said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, normally, Judah was pretty good at keeping his thoughts to himself. But now they just spilled out of his mouth. He couldn't fight his tongue anymore. Here was this no-name guy from Nazareth, of all places, talking about repentance and the kingdom of God. And yes, other people were starstruck by him, but Judah knew better. What this guy was saying was nonsense. Judah didn't need to change. He didn't need to repent. He was a good guy. Just ask anybody there at the synagogue. They've known him for years. They know how he works hard in the community. They know how he takes care of his family. They know how he's involved at the synagogue. I mean, yeah, he's not perfect, but he does his best to live by God's commandments. So how dare this guy come in here and tell him that he needs to change? His life is just fine, thank you very much. Jesus should be out there teaching people who commit crimes or who hurt others, not Judah. Judah didn't do stuff like that. Judah thought that when you came to synagogue, you should come to learn something and be comforted, not have your life challenged. It should make you feel good while you're there, not make you live a different way when you're not there. So Judah didn't want to hear this. If this is the kind of stuff that's going to go down at the synagogue, then Judah just might have to leave and find a new one. Today, when... Many people hear this story about the guy with the unclean spirit. Sometimes they think of it like the exorcist movie. The demon-possessed person is wearing too much dark makeup and sitting in a darkened room. There are special effects that make it look like their head can turn all the way around and they projectile vomit pea soup. That's what many people think demon possession looks like. But that's all movie magic. It's all makeup and special effects and CGI. But that doesn't mean that people can't really be possessed by evil spirits. Or that they can't be cast out. When we look at our world, it is really easy to see evil. We see it on the news all the time. We hear about people who commit crimes or who hurt others. And sometimes we wonder how that perpetrator can have any humanity in them at all. But still, that puts the evil onto somebody else. If we're honest, we all have our demons. Sometimes people talk about wrestling with their demons which usually means the psychological issues that they're dealing with. There's hopelessness, despair, loneliness, inadequacy, self-doubt, 
the imposter syndrome, and so on. But even though those things are bad, they aren't quite demons. That's because there is one thing that sets demons apart. It's not the foaming at the mouth, head spinning in circles, vomiting kind of thing. Instead, what sets demons apart is that they try to draw you away from Jesus. That's it. Yes, all the negative feelings can be a part of it, but even people who don't follow Jesus can get depressed and lonely. If you're following Jesus, though, you will face the temptation to go do your own thing. You will be distracted so you don't pay attention to him. You will think that discipleship is completely pointless. You will be full of pride and think that you don't need to listen to Jesus. Just like Judah in the synagogue that day. Whatever it is, if it tries to pull you away from listening to Jesus and following him, then that's demonic. Judah didn't want to listen to Jesus. Perhaps because he was the only one who actually understood what Jesus was calling him to do. He heard the message of repentance and the call to a new life, but that just seemed ridiculous to him. In a way, this is almost like the opposite of what we heard last week with the fishermen. When Jesus called them, they dropped everything and went. No questions asked. But Judah, or whatever this guy's name actually was, he didn't. He didn't want to change. He didn't think he needed to repent and follow Jesus. He wanted to keep doing his own thing. Like, who was Jesus to come in here and tell him how to live his life? So he lashed out at Jesus. He said, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Or in other words, what gives you the right to come in here and try to change things? We've never done it that way before. By saying this, though, Judah knew that Jesus was indeed changing things. Also, he said, have you come to destroy us? Now, why would he say that unless he felt threatened by Jesus? And why would you feel threatened by Jesus if you didn't think Jesus had any real power? And he said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Very few people in the Gospel of Mark know who Jesus is, but the demons do. And that's because they know that he is stronger than they are. They can't deny his power and authority. They know that they've already lost. And so this means, yes, this guy is possessed by an evil spirit. And it's a spirit who knows who Jesus is and what he wants people to do. 
But it's a spirit that does not want to submit to him. But then what happens? Jesus rebuked him and said, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out. Okay, now what just happened there? Well, it wasn't a Hollywood movie kind of exercise. Instead, think about what's been going on in this whole scene. Jesus has been teaching. And sometimes people separate out Jesus' healing and his teaching. They think that he started the day by teaching and then all of a sudden switched gears to go into exorcism mode. But listen to the end of this scene again. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey. The people are amazed, not by his exorcism power at first, but by his teaching. It is his teaching that casts out the unclean spirits. In other words, Jesus' teaching and his healing are not two separate things. They are two ways of saying the same thing. Jesus came into the synagogue in Capernaum that day to teach and to change lives. Like for Judah. And Jesus comes today to teach and to change lives. Like for you. That demon finally just gave up. It realized that it could not stand against the power and authority of Jesus. All because of Jesus' word. Think about it. We all know how damaging words can be. Think about verbal abuse. Or all of that negative self-talk that you've got in your head. But words can also heal and give new life. This is why people go to therapy or counseling. They talk and somebody else talks to them. This is why people keep diaries or journals. Because sometimes you feel better just getting the words out. But what's even more powerful are the words from Jesus. And maybe you already know the healing power of Jesus' words in your life. Like when you hear the word of forgiveness, your sins are cast out of you. When you hear the promise of new life, The power of death is cast out of you. When you hear reminders of his love, hopelessness and sorrow are cast out of you. When you hear that Jesus calls you to be a disciple, 
your sense of meaninglessness is cast out of you. They are exorcised from you. And yes, you might carry around demons inside of you. But Jesus is stronger than they are. The evil spirits that try to convince us to do our own thing without Jesus cannot hold us any longer because of the word of Jesus. They are fighting a losing battle because Jesus has already won. He is here to give you healing and new life. So in those times that you feel a pull away from Jesus, when you feel like some evil spirit is trying to close your ears to him, in those times that you want to tell Jesus, have you come to destroy us? Then listen again to this promise. Jesus still died for you. Jesus gives you new life. Jesus will never let you go. His love, his promise, his words, his power, his authority, his name, they are all here to charm our fears and bid our sorrows cease. They sing music in the sinner's ears. And bring life and health and peace. Nothing in this world. No fear, no pride, no sin, no evil, no demon. Nothing is stronger than Jesus. He is the one who casts out your demons and gives you new life. And he does so with a life-giving word. Judah was never the same after Jesus cast that demon out. And neither are we. Because Jesus is always stronger. So in the name of this one who is more powerful than any demon, Jesus Christ our Lord.